of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. In this holiday week, now midway through, delighted to be with you. Reminder, we will be here tomorrow. We will be here on Friday. So no matter where you live, whatever your time zone, there is an opportunity for you to tune in and get your fill of information before your guests come. And certainly we're going to be setting you up for that today. Some stories probably you're not talking about because... There's a very interesting thing going on with a news drop on what is really the biggest party day of the year, party night, at least where we are in Pennsylvania. It's always the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. All the college kids come back. All of the people who've yet to have children or who've gotten a babysitter can get out, go crazy, right? And this is when they drop very specific news on us. And we're going to walk you through some of the stories that quietly grabbed our attention. Whatever you do, delighted to have you. Wendy Bell Radio Network app. Wendy Bell Radio is the podcast, and we welcome you aboard. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. The big news today, without question, I guess there's been some kind of an agreement Hamas and Israel agreeing to a a temporary reprieve on the battling, the warfare, the rockets, the missiles, the everything. Let's just push pause, they said. Somebody said. The sides agreed. Four days, I guess, over the next four days, uh, it appears Hamas is going to be releasing 50 hostages. They have something in the neighborhood of 250. Apparently, Israel has its own Palestinian and and you know such hostages so there's going to be some swapping going on some communication going on we'll see this is obviously good news for many people involved look let's just agree no matter what side of this anybody feels like they are on we don't want people to keep dying for heaven's sakes and hopefully this is going to grease the skids the 50 women and children Released over four days during which there will be that pause in fighting. And for every additional 10 hostages released, this pause is going to be extended by another day. Though Israel has made no bones about it. They plan to continue their siege 
They continue to go in and pummel and destroy to seek and annihilate Hamas. And one certainly cannot disagree with that desire. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Hopefully that goes okay. I don't know how, I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but that is a benefit. So let's talk about some of the things that we are going to be discussing today. Very important ruling in New York, which we're going to chew on in, the, in moments ahead. But it gives Kathy Hochul, as the governor of New York, some pretty unprecedented powers. And these are powers that enable her to basically take regular people under the guise of illness, a virus, another pandemic, something that obviously we know is being cooked up on somebody's stove, and to take people and quarantine them against their will pretty much wherever the government decides to lock them up. Now, you can say and wrap that in safety and security, and it's for the greater good all you want. It is an abject trampling of our freedoms. It is another yet example of this crazy and incremental move of this country into a police state where you comply or else. That's not a constitutional republic. That's not how this system was organized. That's not what the founding fathers imagined. Beyond that, it is without question a very old playbook that we are being treated to right now in various iterations. And it goes well back before I was born. And how do we know this? Well, I want you to listen to something. I believe, and this is why we've talked about Fauci with this NIH-funded lab doing bat virus research, using the Wuhan Institute of Virology, using the same players who were the same people involved in the COVID virus. Fauci is funding this weird lab in Montana using animals procured by some weird roadside zoo in Maryland. I mean, it's all just... It's out of Jurassic Park. It's so bizarre, but it's really not. These people have been manipulating viruses to satisfy the overreach and the greed of big pharma and all that it encompasses, all the players who have gotten rich, all the investors who are a part of it. There must be something new to roll out to encourage you to get must have this vaccine, must get this treatment. If you don't, you must go into quarantine. These are very dangerous, dangerous ideas by people who are super dark. And of course, as always, you're just the unwitting collateral damage caught in the fray. I didn't realize the swine flu scandal of 1976 had such the same playbook as this COVID pandemic that we went through in 2020 until most recently. Down to 
Every single move, the X's and the O's, the strategies, the people in positions of power to control the narrative, et cetera, et cetera. The only difference between what we went through most recently and what happened when I was a little girl in the 1970s when the government came out and said, look, there is a pandemic that's coming. It's called swine flu and we have a shot for it. And you need to get this shot. It was really the first time that this had been pushed by the government on the people. But it's the same story as the COVID vaccine. Down to the people pushing it, as in the CDC, knew about its horrendous side effects, knew what it was doing to people who were getting it. And they decided to push it anyway. Beyond that, they lied about celebrities and world leaders who had, they said, decided to get the vaccine, when in fact, those people had not. Now, the difference between now and then is that Big Pharma did not control media. Big Pharma wasn't yet quite so big and greedy and gross. And back then, 60 Minutes didn't suck. Mike Wallace sat down with then the head of the CDC and a woman who had been injured, she said, because of the swine flu vaccine. And what did she get? Guillain-Barre syndrome. Isn't that so odd? It's almost like we've seen this play before. You have. I want you to hear this Mike Wallace 60 Minutes intro. It's only about a minute long. And then hyperspace back to 1979 when this was done and tell me how similar what you've gone through is go the flu season is upon us which type will we worry about this year and what kind of shots will we be told to take remember the swine flu scare of 1976 that was the year the u.s government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. We've been through this. Now, this was a generation ago. I was little. I don't recall this. It's the same story, the same playbook. But beyond that, they're going to try to do this again. Okay, there is another variant. There is another scare tactic. There is another reason to push desperately the cheating by mail, voting by mail. It's their only strategy. Joe Biden's time to pull out and for somebody else to come in. It's over. They know that there is but one Hail Mary and it worked in 2020. Why ever would we deviate from a successful strategy? Why do I tell you this? So you are alert 
and are aware and are discerning of these little drip, drip drops of information, particularly on the day before Thanksgiving, because they want it buried and they want you blissfully unaware. Hang with the Wendy Bell Radio program. We'll make sure you have the uh, antidote to that. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Isn't it disappointing when you believe that the trust for you has has gone? That, that you don't believe what you hear. You don't believe the people who you used to just be comfortably numb around and just thought would have your back. I trust no one. I believe nothing. And it's so disappointing because I think now more than ever we need... We need a reason to believe. We need a reason to be strong. And I believe entirely in the candidacy of Donald Trump. I believe entirely that there is a plan and that the four years that he went through as president and the three cents where he's been beaten and badgered almost more than when he was in office have taught that man so many things and that he has a plan. I do believe that. I honestly do believe that. And that the cabinet that he would surround himself with, would be far smarter. He wouldn't bring along like the Christopher Rays that he did last time. Things would change. I believe that. But I also believe that politics in general is just gross, and it's unfortunate. It is a way of business. It is the reality of the game. And it's very disingenuous, particularly when candidates are looking for quote-unquote endorsements. Think about whose endorsement would really move your needle. I can't say that there are many out there that I would really care about because I feel like at least on this program, we try to give you a lot of various stories to chew on so that you can make good decisions, right? The best ones for you, which may not be the best ones for me. So when I heard that Ron DeSantis and various PACs in his campaign had given $95,000 To ostensibly get and purchase, because that's what it is, the endorsement of an Iowa religious leaders group, it just, I feel gross inside. Reuters actually broke this story a while ago. They did in August. And now the information is becoming more mainstream. Do you feel that it is okay, that it is appropriate for a Ron DeSantis and his campaign to give tens and tens of thousands of dollars to it appear to appear at an event at which 2000 conservatives would be to be kind of a featured guest to receive multiple pages in a program for said guests to be able to mill around with the guests, do a meet and greet and then have a nice dinner after the fact. I don't think most of us would really raise an eyebrow over that. Because it is the way of politics. It is buying someone's nod. And now this guy is going to say it's not the case, but I want to read this to you. I think it's very interesting. This April or August 12th article in Reuters, Ron DeSantis and his backers paid $95,000 to an Iowa religious leaders group. So... Iowa's what? Coming up in January, January 15th. DeSantis obviously needs to win 
He's got to get a win under his belt. Somebody in his campaign is telling him he can do that in Iowa. He can beat Donald Trump in Iowa. So much, in fact, that Ron DeSantis and a super PAC linked to him, plus a nonprofit group supporting him, together gave that $95,000 to Family Leader Foundation. It's an Iowa-based nonprofit led by evangelical leader Bob Vanderplatz. There's so many tentacles in this that make me feel really dirty. Evangelical, going to church, believing in God, having family values. Can we at least make that not for sale? Can we at least agree that some areas should be non-touched? They should be left unscathed, unmolested by politics? But it's not happening, of course. The document and the amount spent by DeSantis and his allies had previously been unreported before Reuters got it over the summer. For the money, DeSantis and supporting groups got three pages of ads in a booklet distributed at the July Forum attended by 2,000 Christian conservatives. Tickets to the summit, lunch, and an after-dinner event. But the real value may be more in building a relationship with Vanderplatz, whose endorsement is coveted in the early voting state. Well, that's exactly what happened yesterday. He got that endorsement. This guy comes out and says, I believe Ron DeSantis is the one. This is the same guy, Vanderplatz, who believed in putting his money behind Rick Santorum, right? There's nothing wrong with what Ron DeSantis and these PACs did. But it's wheeling and dealing in the pews of the faithful that makes me very uncomfortable. I don't want a priest who's politically active any more than I want an evangelical organization that expects $95,000 from a candidate in order to get his thumbs up. And by the way, when asked about that money later, Vanderplatt said he was disappointed because he thought he probably could have charged more to DeSantis. Vivek Ramaswamy's team, they paid $25,000. This is what they do. This is what their PACs are for. They use donor money to curry, well, exposure with certain groups. It is not illegal. But it makes me super uncomfortable. All of this, super uncomfortable as we see what's coming down the road. Politics is dirty. And politics gets really filthy when you and I struggle every single day just to do basic things that up until three years ago weren't a problem, but now are. What happened in New York, though, with this appeals court reinstating Kathy Hochul's power to enforce quarantine camps, to force the isolation of people against their will for whatever reason ostensibly under a virus alert we got to talk about this this is your freedom your rights slipping through your fingers quietly the day before thanksgiving we'll talk about it it's on deck on the wendy bell radio program so for this next conversation and this is the conversation about democrats needing to control you in advance of the 2024 election. 
they need a way to do it again. And with polling out that suggests Donald Trump is without a question going to be the nominee and stands a very good chance now with each subsequent poll chipping away at various groups, bringing over black and Hispanic voters, making headlines for being, regardless of his four indictments and 91 criminal charges against him, regardless of the 95% lousy news coverage he's gotten, regardless of the DOJ being weaponized by the Biden administration to specifically target him, regardless of Hillary Clinton and the DNC concocting information about him after they wire-freaking-tapped him, regardless of all of this, you guys are still liking him, and it's spreading, and they're freaking out. And so we're going to get over the next 11 months a drip, drip, drip of information. Two big stories, one in New York, one in Pennsylvania, that we got our hands on well before dawn this morning. Now, before we get into it, I want to remind you, and because I live in Pennsylvania, we watched this. We watched our then-governor, Tom Wolf create an alliance with the governors of other cities, other states, rather, I should say. He joined Cuomo in New York, Murphy in New Jersey, Ned Lamont in Connecticut, John Carney in Delaware, Rhode Island's Gina Raimondo, and Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. Right in the throes of COVID. All these people were going to work together as blue state governors ostensibly to create masks and PCR tests and we're going to do the supply chain thing on our own and we're going to push out all of this stuff to our people well it's really not what it was there's strength in numbers when your goal is to kill people in nursing homes I'm really sorry to say it that way but in strength in numbers with all of these governors in blue states working together to do the same thing i.e putting sick elderly folks, getting them out of the hospitals under the, we need to make room for the really sick and putting them back into nursing homes or just dumping them there was like striking a match after a drought. So I want you to consider the 0.6% of the population that lives in nursing homes equals 42% of the COVID deaths we had in the United States. Well over 200,000 men and women were wiped out, many of whom because of these terrible governors who made dreadful decisions. And in Andrew Cuomo's case, decided to go on and write a book and receive an Emmy Award And in my state of Pennsylvania, our Secretary of Health, a transgender individual named Richard Levine, Rachel Levine, was then elevated by the Biden administration. You did such a good job getting your mother out of the nursing homes, but making sure everybody else's 
greatest generation ended up there. You did such a great job wiping out so many people. We want to make you an admiral, an assistant deputy, whatever of health. You feckless hacks. So I want you to remember that because the elderly, the aged, the infirm who were stuck getting put back in nursing homes were the first victims of these isolation camps, if you will, which now a judge in New York has given Kathy Hochul the ability to inflict on the entirety of her state. Now, this was interesting because this was going around not that long ago. And the AP, whoo, they came into the rescue New York Governor Kathy Hochul is not trying to create quarantine camps, the AP told us in this article September 19th, which means to you and me, yes, in fact, she absolutely is. Claim, New York Governor Kathy Hochul is trying to create quarantine camps in which people can be held against their will if they have COVID-19 or other diseases. Other diseases. Hang on that for a minute, right? So the AP, in their fact-checking, their assessment is false. And this is what they wrote on September 19th of this year. Officials have repeatedly said that the state has no intention to build quarantine camps. Very China-ish. Critics are misrepresenting a temporary rule adopted during the COVID-19 pandemic that outlines powers by state health officials to isolate or quarantine people for the purpose of controlling a highly transmissible disease. The rule said that people can be isolated or quarantined in interim housing rather than just their own homes, but doesn't mention camps. Oh, because that's too much of a stretch. Got it. It was deemed unconstitutional by a judge who said that the state overreached, but also did not mention camps. Well, that judge was just overruled, ladies and gentlemen. And then all of a sudden now, what's going on? This is kind of scary. Here we go. Quarantine isolation law reinstated after appellate division decision. This is on the TimesUnion.com. Let's read this because we're going to drop this without much fanfare. On the day before Thanksgiving, people are busy. They're running to the grocery store. They're worried about the family that they have coming in from out of town. Maybe they're traveling considering this is the biggest travel day of the year or one of them. Here's your story from Albany. A rule that allows the state health department to lawfully order someone to involuntary, uh, involuntarily isolate or quarantine to control a highly contagious disease such as COVID-19, has been reinstated in a unanimous decision by a mid-level appellate court. So weird. Why would you do this? Because 
just in September, the AP said, no, 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 that's not what's going on. They're not going to make quarantine camps. And that was temporary anyway. That was for COVID. And now all of a sudden, it almost seems like they're planning something and getting the law on their side so when they trample New York citizens who've already been beaten and badgered by the migrant crisis, by out-of-control crime, right? By all, all of the reasons why living in New York is no longer palatable. This is going to be inflicted not just on the folks in New York. This is a great trial balloon. The ruling by the 4th Judicial Department, which has jurisdiction in 22 counties in central and western New York, overturns a decision last year by a state Supreme Court justice who found that the rule violates the constitutional requirement for a separation of powers between the legislative and executive branches when promulgating rules such as severe as involuntary isolation. Basically, a state Supreme Court justice said, look, The executive branch here, the governor, can't make rules. That's the powers of the legislative branch. That's your general assembly. Those are the people elected by the people of New York. Well, but if it's an extreme case, like we're in this pandemic or some other unforeseen calamity, which we will describe and define later, of course. Well, you can all of a sudden. Does this make anybody else exceedingly uncomfortable? It sounds to me like they're getting ready for what's coming next. And that indeed is the story. And it's corroborated by this article, NTD.com. Appellate court reinstates New York governor's power to enforce quarantine rules. Now, what does that look like? Does that mean that if you have a sniffle or you have a fever or you have one of these other things that's coming up, that you should be able to be locked down, not just in your home, but that you could be literally extracted from the people you love. You can be pulled from your environment and put somewhere else. This ruling says so, based on what the governor of New York deems reasonable. Now, that's scary as balls, is it not? Do you think Kathy Hochul who's worried about misinformation and disinformation and school kids instead of their ability to read and do math? Do you really believe that Kathy Hochul is a great barometer of reason and common sense? Or is she deeply ensconced in the machinations of the sock? Of course she is. What are they planning? Are they planning a part two so soon after part one of 2020? I mean, shoot, judging by Mike Wallace and that 60 minutes, it took us 57 years to duplicate the swine flu failure, the fraud, which was the government pushed vaccine, the same vaccine that injured how many people and killed how many others? They didn't even try to change the rules. They didn't try to change the play. They just took it out, dusted it off, and said, okay, we need something new. Is that why three months before there was a pandemic, Bill Gates was buying shares of BioNTech? 
Is that why two months before COVID, Bill Gates and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, in addition to the World Economic Forum, were hosting Event 201, which was a simulated pandemic? It's so weird how that happened just a matter of weeks before some wet market mishap, which we all know was Fauci funding gain-of-function crap with the Chinese Communist Party. And whatever reason, for whatever reason it got out, it did. And now how many millions of people have died? They think you didn't get enough the first time. Like Thanksgiving dinner, they want to come back for seconds, ladies and gentlemen. They've got their plate. It's loaded up. All they have left to do is take that gravy and pour it all over the top. That is what this ruling in New York is all about. Now, they don't want you to pay attention to it. You now know about it. Pay attention to your states, ladies and gentlemen, particularly if you're under tyrannical blue rule, as we are in the land before time. Now, do not go anywhere, because coming up next, this Pennsylvania issue, fiddling with the ballots again, Extending the rules, changing them. It's almost like they're planning the cheat again. Oh, that's right, they are. Proof next. So paying attention to the signs, I think, is a is a very empowering way to see trends, right? P- paying attention to what they drop at various times. The news that's covered or not covered that comes out later, et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting. How about this headline? NPR. Judge says, quote unquote, undated Pennsylvania ballots should count. Setting up a likely appeal. When you don't cheat. When you don't lie. When your strategy is effective. When more people work, get off of unemployment and become gainfully employed and begin that amazing American dream of hopscotching up the ladder of jobs and pay and responsibility, when the government gets out of your way because the person in charge believes in you and America first, You don't have to cheat. This is why the left is desperate and we know they are. You don't have to have mail-in balloting. You don't have to change the parameters of elections. You don't have to say that ID is racist. If you believe every person who's constitutionally able as an American citizen over the age of 18 to vote in this country does so, Right? You don't have to do these things. Mailed ballots that arrive on time, but in envelopes without dates, handwritten by Pennsylvania voters, should be counted. A federal judge ruled Tuesday in a case that is likely to end up before the U.S. Supreme Court. They're trying to get these things in there the way they did before 2020. The ruling by U.S. District Judge Susan Paradise, oh please, Baxter, is expected to be appealed to the third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals before it ultimately reaches the high court, whose final word on what are often referred to as, quote, undated ballots 
may help determine the outcome of the 2024 presidential race and other key upcoming elections in the swing state. Now, NPR said the quiet part out loud. We need these. These are going to be critical. These undated ballots. We need to be able to be able. We need to be able to dump an unknown number of quote unquote mail in ballots, just as insurance, because our candidate sucks, our track record sucks, the economy sucks. Everybody's awake to it. Young people know it sucks. Black people know it sucks. We've got to have a conduit through which we can continue to stay in power. Now, the plaintiffs in this pair of lawsuits, including the Pennsylvania State Conference of the NAACP. Why are they so invested in the cheat? Hmm. And the Democratic campaign committees for the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate candidates. Notice who's pushing this. The people who know they're going to lose argue that ballots in return envelopes without any handwritten date or with an incorrect one should not be disqualified from the 2022 midterm elections in future races in Pennsylvania. These handwritten dates are required by Pennsylvania state law. They are not used to confirm whether a person is allowed to vote. Counties have included ballots arriving in undated or misdated return envelopes in final vote tallies for past elections, which I don't know about you, I think is a problem. I mean, we're not stupid enough to think that the cheat has never happened before. The same way we're not stupid enough to realize from 1976 great swine flu scandal that the same playbook rears its ugly head cyclically throughout time. The Republican National Committee and other GOP groups have joined the case in opposition to counting ballots without handwritten dates or dates that are misdated. What is hard to understand here? There's one side that wants to do this because they know they're going to lose. There's one side, the Republicans, who are saying, why are we voting by mail ever? And then you've got word of quarantine camps coming because they're going to need you afraid of something so that you forget COVID, you forget how you were hosed, you forget that you lost somebody in a nursing home because the Democrats did that. And you're going to stay scared and afraid. And that five ballots come to your house and you fill out all five isn't going to worry you at all. Well, maybe the other four get lost. Do you see all of the elements lining up exactly right? You got Fauci fiddling in Montana, right? We've got Pfizer coming out with new ads. Get the spike vax. This is your booster. Do it while you get your flu shot, too. We'll wrap it all together for you. When is it going to drop? Do, 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 do. This just in. A new variant alert. And who's going to actually pay attention to it? There will be some. But they're going to need a lot more to scare you enough to have that... At your door for somebody to say, hey, we heard that you tested positive. No, you can't stay here at your house. It's too dangerous. We're going to remove you and we're going to take you over here to this other location. And by the way, I have the document from the judge that says I can do that. Pay attention because the roadmap 
is becoming ever more clear. All right, so when we come back, and I would have told you six months ago that that would be crazy talk, but it's so obvious. Coming up in hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program, Joe Scarborough of MSNBC has a liberal stroke on the air and accuses Donald Trump of wanting to execute his political opponents. It is crazy, and we break it down for you. Don't miss it. Next. Next. 